Welcome to another episode of the Queer to Queer podcast. I am here with the wonderfully wacky and wild Deja. Please introduce yourself. Hi, y'all. My name is Deja Dubois. I'm a drag artist based here in DFW. Currently residing in Arlington because we like being in the mid-city. We like going 30 minutes this way and then 30 minutes that way, which is perfect. Uh, I'm also an opera singer. I work with Dallas Opera. My government name is David. So, hi, I'm really excited to be here and just kind of like kiki and talk and spill all the kinds of tea that you're curious to know about on this podcast. And there's quite a bit of tea to spill. We live in the South in Texas in 2023, December. So uh, that's when we're recording this. And yeah. A lot of shit going down. The drag community is doing its best to survive. We as queer people are doing our best to survive. And every marginalized queer person, the more marginalized you get, the more the more in pain you probably are and the more scared you probably are. So, um, yeah. Boo, I mean, tomato. Boo, little... tomato, tomato, tomato. <laughs> Yeah, Um, the tea kettle is uh, piping hot already, but I I would love to start on a little bit of a light note just to to ease it in. You know, I don't know how you um, prefer to engage in. Well, first of all, I shouldn't even assume that you're um, in a relationship or that you enjoy the company of other people. Sometimes people are ace. But if you do, uh, depending on how you like to get into that rhythm with somebody, you know, I like to start a little slow. So let's. um, Yeah, let's just okay. let's just talk a little bit about um, the inspiration behind your drag. So tell me about your dra- uh, drag name. Oh, okay. This is so campy. And like, I'll always lie to everyone, but I'll tell you the truth. So you can tell me the lie I... and the truth and then make me guess if you want. That's fine. So the, li- the lie is I've always had my name and it's always been set in stone and it's been the only name I've ever had. That's the lie. But the real name... Uh, is so initially i got into drag at like 19 i was in college freshman year my drag sister her name was devotion dubois because at the time uh, my drag mother um she goes by ever queen now her previous name was crystal dubois because it's like the all sound you know it was very <laughs> it was very uptown i love i love that name so essentially when i started drag i had been always had the name deja deja was always there so deja was always set in stone but my first name i used to be a girl that was very thrifty i i loved a little five finger discount uh so the girls would always call me the finesse diva because like i'd be the girl that like finesse the stories yeah. finesse the, the places the venues to get the things that i wanted we're not there anymore we got money now right look at the sorrow uh i see so it yeah you might want to describe for the the listeners um what i'm going to put some of these on our socials but what what um would they be seeing if they were looking at you right now if they can't oh, see all right <laughs> yeah, right now I'm surrounded by a little Dia de los Muertos uh, skeleton. This is Imelda. Yes. She's sitting right in front of me. On top of me, I have a giant sombrero with a huge ostrich feather with black and black and white rhinestones. There's a just a regular uh, country boy, country boy hat right well, she here. She did say ostrich feather. Ostrich feather yeah. TM? Okay. Yeah, there's a Christmas tree behind me. She's silver and red. She's cutesy. And then I got a pink cowboy hat. You can see I love hats. I have like three hats behind me. Um, But yeah, that's kind of like my background. And what was that? Okay, so my name. So then I used to be the mopping girl. I used to be the mopping girl. 
Um, so I was like, how can I combine my diva energy and my art of finessing people? <laughs> so I changed my name. My first name was Deja Divaness was the first name. So we'll, that's a dead name. We're not going to address her. That was a long time ago. That was back when I was 19. And actually the name Deja came from a water bottle that I saw at Walmart. So everyone knows Deja Blue, the water bottle. So I was like, I don't like the blue part, but I'll keep the first half. Because like Deja and Dave Id are like two syllable names. So I was like, I need something close to me. Uh, so then I was like Deja and then Divaness. And then later I got adopted by my drag family by Devotion and Cristal Dubois. And I was like, mm, yeah, let's drop this last name because it just, it doesn't sound like da 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 You know, right. like it, it didn't have like the same flow to it. So then when I got Deja Devois, it's just four syllables. So it's just so perfect. And I've had that name for the past two years now. I've been doing drag now for, for four. Ooh, I feel old. But it's still young in the drag realm. There's some girls that have been doing this in the industry for like 10 plus years. So for them, I'm still kind of like baby. But in my mind, for the younger girls, I'm very seasoned. You're very mama. But your mama, why can't you be mama and baby? You know what I'm saying? Like sometimes girl yeah. wants to be mama, sometimes she wants to be baby. I feel like I'm more like Tia energy. Like my tubes have been tied. I'll be everyone's aunt, <laughs> you know? That's that's my vibe. Like, I give the I'm kids back gonna... at the end of the day. Here you go. Yes, Take yes. <laughs> definitely. So that's kind of how I got my name. It's just so, like, it was just so ridiculous how I came about that. Because um, I was just like, it hit me. Like water? Or or different uh brands of like do you have like Ozarka? Dubois? Oh my god, I used to have a daughter named Ozarka, but then like I said, I didn't want to have kids, so I just said y'all can just be your own. Um, I think out of the girls, uh, out of the girls that are in my immediate family, uh, that have the last name Dubois is myself, and then Dubois. Mm -hmm. okay. Yeah, so, yeah, I have nieces. I have a lot of nieces, but my sister, yeah. my my drag sister in the Dubois family is me and her. And actually, like, crazy, crazy, crazy fun fact. So, Crystal Dubois, my OG drag mother, she is the drag daughter of uh, Irene Dubois, who was on Drag Race. Yes. So, yeah, she was the one that went home first. Ah, but we love her. We love our but, Dubois. That, but so I'm we have starstruck, though, because I remember watching that first episode and thinking, we have been robbed of some very good television. She was such good television in that first episode. She's fierce. She's probably like, who's that little brown girl from Dallas that's taking my name? But, you know, now you know the the real story, the real scoop. Um, And then I have some, like, I'm loosely related to the Dubois based in uh, Houston and the ones in Chicago. Uh, So those girls, or where is she? Is she in Seattle? I don't remember. Somewhere <laughs> up north. <laughs> Somewhere up north. So her and then Norvina Dubois. Uh, she's going to go by Rufi, but we don't talk about that. Uh, so Norvina... Yeah, that's like my aunt. So that's my auntie. Um, I've yet to work with her, but she just followed me and she's fierce. So I live for her. And that's just that Dubois dynasty. And um, I'm loosely tied to like the Davenports as well because uh, Shalula Davenport is my drag mother and she is Kennedy's granddaughter. So I'm just like, I'm like grandbaby, you know? 
Um, and it's great because at least here in Dallas, like the Davenport name is just so huge. Like you can't find anybody in Dallas that is not related or like tied to them in some aspect or form because they're the dynasty and we love a dynasty. Absolutely. So do y'all get together for family meetings, family parties? I've always wondered about that. Is there like a, you know, all the girls got to come together to talk about this shit? Because, you know, what? because sometimes I feel like we need more of that to combat Mm -hmm. some of the terrible shit that's been happening. Yeah, we always have a kikiki. Like, it's always pretty much like the way we go about it is like we all do like a show or something. And then afterwards, we find ourselves hanging out and just like spend the rest of the day together luckily like we have like brunch shows and early shows where we can just start our day together uh have a mimosa get the day going and then just spend the rest of the night together just like cracking jokes like talking about drag we literally like always like gather and like watch tons of like miss continental videos or watch like iconic pageant stuff or like we watch drag race like every version of drag race of any country so like we're all just like big drag divas and like drag fans and we are drag which is so crazy um right now my drag mother Shalula is back in Oklahoma she was based here in Dallas for a couple of years but then she moved back to Oklahoma and she's starting up her scene back in Oklahoma City and she's been slaying it so if you're ever in Oklahoma she has this cool show called Eras so it's kind of based on like you know when they're like what era are you in like right now I'm in like my a pretty girl glam era some girls are in their punk rock diva era some girls are in their alternative uh fierce uh battle matrix uh mad max fantasy you know like some girls are always in their different eras so right now she's out there working over there my family's kind of just spread around everywhere so she's in oklahoma city uh me and devotion and then my my baby drug sister miss crystal uh cartier She's based here as well in DFW. I love those girls. And then I have some family in South Texas too, which is really cool. Uh, there's sometimes where like I go and I travel and I go to like McAllen, like Harlingen, Brownsville. And I work with the girls that help me get into the scene because those girls are so fierce and they always open their spaces up for me. So if they're listening, I love y'all girls. Budo RGB. Well, I was actually curious, you know, you mentioned how to how you got into the scene. Can you tell me a little bit about that? Just because I wonder if anybody is listening and and in DFW interested in starting mm-hmm. drag. It just feels like like so many things in this world. If you haven't done it before, you start to think about the, the components or what you need to bring to the table, you know, for first of all, in terms of your checkbook, but also just in terms of your time and the labor and what skills do you have to have? Mm-hmm. You know, you, you're not going to hit all the bases probably, but I was just curious, you know. I'll try. Yeah, I'll try. You and I'll what try. it might look like for, you know, a new queen. So Yeah. So, like, I had always had the inclination to do drag. So, like, when I was young, I was always very, like, rebel. Like, I was always trying to go against the status quo, So I always had, like, teachers that were just very homophobic and, like, rude to me growing up. I had people kind of just, like, want to, like, oppress me and my self-expression. When I was in high school, I had this one teacher. I'll never forget him. Uh, He knows who he is. So he essentially was, like, always just really rude to me because at the time I was, like, talking to my queer friends in the class and he would purposely try to separate me and segregate me from everybody because I was gay. 
which was rude. So I, every morning, he was my first period of class, my senior year of high school. Every morning I would wear a different set of like high heels and a wig every morning just to piss him off because I was like, I'm not gonna be silenced. And I refuse to be mistreated by people who should be educating me. So I would show up every morning, put on my shoes in his class specifically and a wig and wear it the whole freaking time every day for a full like semester and I would take it off immediately after I left his class just because I wanted to aggravate him because he was just being so rude and disrespectful and in that moment I was like huh this is like drag drag started early as protests and like people just battling and combating with their self-expression so I was like yeah this is very empowering and this is very fierce and that was my first introduction of like I like heels I like hair so how can I level up you know so then I was honestly very flamboyant and very queer growing up and like in high school that I I always loved Drag Race too. I started watching since season one. So since 2009, I've been watching Drag Race. Oh, gee. I, I think I was like 10. I was watching Drag Race at 10 years old. So oh, I was- Oh, the Tammy Brown of it all. Ooh. Yeah. And then I've literally watched every season of Drag Race, like all of them. Like even the foreign seasons, I know all the winners, like you can come at me with, trivia and I got it because I'm obsessed with that show um I got to college I got a full ride for music so I went to go study music and then I met my drag sister devotion uh I, I always heard about the rose room I heard about it from like podcasts with like Willem in Alaska they're saying like one of the best stages in the world is rose room in Dallas and then I found out they had a talent night they have their talent nights on Thursdays so I was like wow I really want to try this. So then my drag sister was like, well, if you want, I can, I can help you. And I was like, oh, really? And it's just queer communities and like queer people flocking together. Like we just like uplift each other and give each other inspiration. So she was just like, hey girl, like if you want to do it, like just go and do it. So she basically got me in all of her old drag uh and she was like put this on put this on she did my makeup and I felt fierce I felt sickening and I was like thank god my first time I was not ugly <laughs> like because <laughs> that's that what I was freaking out about just now because I was thinking you you did it the right way you made sure you had that level of guidance and that like I'm gonna mm -hmm. take your hand queen and like walk you first I'm gonna get your flag up there so you can fucking yeah. wait the wind and look good yeah yeah so this girl got me together I did the yes. rosary my first my first ever song is just so corny. I hate it. But I honestly love that song. So I did a disco version of Olivia Newton's John's uh, Magic oh, from God. Xanadu. And I was wearing this like sparkly like outfit with like silver and white uh, sequins. And it's I know you love the big wig. So it's yeah, I had Yes, I had a, I had the ugliest ratted oh. uh, wine, wine colored hair. Um, honestly, I love that color <laughs> hair though. I'm gonna, I'm gonna hope that I bring it back because that hair color died. Like, there's no more drag girls that wear that deep red color, like a wine, deep red wine color. But we're I was just like, well, we're, we're not talking Ariel. We're talking more like Poison Ivy, kind of Poison Ivy-ish. No, I'm talking like deep red, almost like magenta. Like, oh, we're, oh, we're like, going like, like red, red, like, like, like red. Ooh. yeah almost maroon Ooh. so then I did my number I made some cute tips and I had a good time I got to meet some of the girls in the scene I wasn't I wasn't really that like 
a part of the scene when I first started because a lot of the girls had been doing S4 for like a while or they grew up in Dallas and like they were just used to the scene already. So I was just like the new girl. Like when you're how long do you have to that's like in term in terms of S4 drag, do they just have their do you have to have been doing it for a certain amount of years? Do you have to be a part of a certain family? Like, or is it just kind of Yeah? It was interesting. I when I walked in like my first time, like what I'll say to any of the new girls, it's like it can be intimidating because it's kind of clicky. Or you'll see that some people have pre-established relationships. So I find it sometimes it's it's hard when you're a new girl because you don't have that build system and you're trying to build yourself up from from ground zero. So when I first started, I was just like, well, I don't know anybody. But at the end of the day, you have to remind yourself that you're doing it for yourself and not for anybody else. So then that's kind of what kept me going. So I kept going back every couple of weeks. And then I started exploring other talent nights. So how you get into the industry and get into the work is by by starting somewhere and finding those opportunities for yourself, like talent nights. So from then on, I was like, I'm going to do every talent night in DFW and work my way up. Because that's what a lot of the older queens were like instilling on me. So the first drag queen I ever met, which was so crazy, it was Collective Davenport, which is literally the icon of Dallas. Mm-hmm. And she was the first diva that she said, she's like, well, you're pretty, was the first thing she said. But then she said, you need to be careful and not act all crazy on the stage. So then that gave me the fire that I needed to be like, okay, I need to not be crazy, but I need to be pretty. And let me figure, what, I figure out what that means. So then I did the... Uh, Talent at a Liquid Zoo. And then that was the second show I did, and I won. I got a tie. I, it was a tied win. It was a tied win, but whatever. It That's matter. a win, girl. Yeah. So then I went, and then I was like, huh, I can win stuff, and I can make money. And I don't, like, all I had to do was put makeup on and be pretty and wiggle. Like, hello. So then I was like, I'm going to keep doing this. I did the talent night at Reflections. I did the talent night um back when they used to have one at where was it there was one on monday nights i don't remember what club it was i did i yeah so i did a bunch of town nights i i was just like any open oh i did the one at urban too yeah urban cowboy when they had their town nights i did every talent night for like probably two years so this is what happened so then i I started doing drag as for for introduction. I started doing town nights every so often. And then I was just obsessed with being a working girl. Like I just wanted to do everything, work and tour all across Dallas. So I basically would work almost every night of the week just doing a talent night just to make money and to like be on top of stuff. And then COVID hit, which was just terrible because everything kind of shut down. The only places that were open were like the bars and like venues that serve food. So then I was like, huh, maybe I should get back into this. I took a break at the start of the pandemic. Um, so at the, I had a full first year of just doing nothing but talent nights, working, just getting my foot into the, into the scene. And then everything stopped. And then I said, well, right now is my time to strike because nobody's doing drag right now. And some of these venues are opening up, but none of the girls want to perform. So a lot of these older established entertainers with like pre-existing conditions that were like worried about their health, like everyone's scared about COVID. But then I was just like, well, 
I'm young. I can survive. I'm ready to work. And I'm going to take advantage of, I'm going to take a back. I'm going to take advantage of the, the drag shortage that existed yeah. at the time, because at the time, nobody was working and everyone was trying to do these drag shows and make money. And when I tell you COVID money for drag queens during drag queen time was probably the best that people were tipping because everyone wanted to get out of their house. Everybody wanted the opportunity to go and see drag. And I was one of the girls, my first time being in my first book show was at age 20. I think I, turned, I just turned 21, which was perfect because I turned 21 and I could start working at the bars, you see? So yes. then- it was the perfect timing because then COVID had hit and it was my time to strike. So during that time, I was a locking queen and I actually did virtual competitions. So Sailor Moon, love Sailor Moon. I did her first ever and the only really successful like virtual drag competition based in like anywhere in like the US. So I know Trinity had hers. Trinity Taylor had the one for the love of the arts. Salem had hers and it was called The Conjuring. I did that show. I competed against 16 different artists and, um, I placed top four and I made it to the finale. I started off busted because I was doing everything by myself. And then I worked my way up and, and then uh, I made it to final four. And then I said, you know what? Now I have good enough drag to present for people. And then surprisingly, after the competition op- like closed, all the bars and stuff started to open. And I said, perfect. Right. Now I have, I have drag. I have, a, I have a supply of stuff that I can bring out and put out into my shows. Um, I was literally doing shows. You run away, you know? You yeah. Have- it's like no one can come for you because you you had a dream and you said this because they what I think a lot of people misunderstand about the people that were working at that time and really trying to pave a path for themselves was that, look, these opportunities, they they don't they don't last forever. They they sometimes feel almost um, un, un, unapproachable. And so when you see a door open, if you are brave enough you have to do it you have to walk through it and so i just i love that you were like you know what i'm gonna because it feels very much to me like you're you're somebody that knows what they have to do you have that kind of perseverance and i've seen this in you like when you're getting your shows your uh, girls Mm -hmm. together show or making sure Mm -hmm. this thing goes down making sure your looks come together like making sure you're you're you know every single lyric that you're gonna sing like you're you're not somebody that does anything half-assed and that's further proof mm-hmm. that you were just like, no, like this is my oh, time. Thank you. So, I, I love that. Yeah. This, this is a huge journey and we're only at the beginning of the journey. So yes. then I, so then I started working and doing shows with a full like plastic mask. I literally invested in so many of those little plastic masks and those visors. Um, It was terrible. It was hard. Yeah. I did the face shields for a full year. You were full Valentina right just yeah like- and during yes and during that time i had because I, I would i worked as a singer so singing was the most at risk activity in like in, in general so i was sure. like well i can't sing so i need to find another way to make money because i said this is not paying the bills some somebody has to pay the bills so then i turned into a like a full-time student from going to class in person and singing all the time to having no singing in all my classes being online. So I said, I need to go out. I need something for myself to go out and see the world and expand everything that I have worked on. So then I did the shows. I was in a mask almost every night of the week. The longest streak I had working was like 16 days, like back to back to back every show, every single night. Cause I was like, I need to pay the bills. I need to get my life together. And I want to like get myself on the scene. That included shows that I was paid to do. That included shows that I was spotlighting, which is like a, 
a free performance, but you get to keep your tips, like a tip spot, and includes the competitions, like the talent nights. So I would do talent nights, I would do spotlights, and I would do bookings, like back to back to back to back, almost every night for a full year right after I turned 21. By the time I turned 22, everything started to settle back into normalcy. We had the vaccine. I got my vaccines. I got everything together. And at that point, everyone kind of knew me as the girl that was working during COVID. People knew me and what it was that I was presenting and knew my work ethic because I had worked really hard in a time when nobody wanted to work. And then I was very passionate about like doing competitions and like getting my foot into more spaces. So I entered the queer off immediately right after once everything had opened back up normally and we were kind of adjusting to normalcy with the vaccines. I did the queer off uh, season four, crazy. Cause they're on season seven now, like what? <laughs> so I did the queer off season four. I placed, um, I placed top five six five six you know i i can't remember so i basically got to do every call challenge except for the yeah <laughs> i'm a call of five you know so i basically made it to every challenge except for the last one which was just so frustrating when you make it so close to the end but also it was my first competition ever so not bad for my first try i was waiting to go home like second or third so <laughs> we just kept going um, and I really got to show a lot of facets of my talent. I did my singing, I did my dancing, my acting, musical theater, everything. I even won a challenge that season. Um, so I was just like, wow, it was incredible. I enjoyed working with, <laughs> I won, I won the, uh, the pageant baby challenge. So, pageant baby. Uh, yeah. So I was basically, um, mistake, little mistake. And uh, and my talent was playing the kazoo. So I played the kazoo, like lip sync to me playing the kazoo. And it went into a mashup of Britney Spears' is Toxic on the kazoo. And I was dressed up as like JonBenet Ramsey. Yeah, that's amazing. <laughs> it was yeah, ridiculous. You can you find the video somewhere. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. I would love to see it. It was crazy. So then I won that challenge. If they do the challenge again, I'll come back as the winner of the last year's pageant. <laughs> but whatever. That's the only pageant I've ever won. Miss the little Miss JonBenet Ramsey pageant. Okay. Yeah. So so then I did the queer off right after immediately right after I got off the queer off. Everyone's like, oh my God, she's sticking, she can sing, she can dance, she can do everything. So then I just had so much work after the queer off. And not only was I not having to do spotlights as much anymore, I was just straight up just getting booked. Like I was just Booking, 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 booking. Uh, I kept that going for another year until I turned about like 22, like, like yeah, halfway through 22. And I did another competition and I did, um, I did the Mr. Mr.'s Drag Race season two. I was a top two finalist. So I made it to the end, but I didn't win. So I got first runner up at Mr. Mr. for the second season. And then after that, I was just like, well, I want to do a pageant. So then I did a pageant. And I did the Miss Texas State pageant this past year. Um, and I won my prelim. I won Miss Tarrant County. And then I placed first alternate at my first state pageant this year. So I didn't win the state title, but we got close. So we'll be back with a vengeance, okay? Um, so I have that pageant that I'm looking forward to and actively prepping for because I want a big crown on my head and a state title on, on, like, on my placard, you know? Yeah. So um, all like? of that... Mm-hmm. Uh what? What's that prep look like? I mean, that sounds like a uh, 
Yeah, it is. Well, luckily, I just competed for, and this is just me, just, I did a big girl pageant recently, too. So I did the yeah. Miss Texas FFI pageant, just because oh. I wanted to try it. I wanted to expose myself to that system and just see how I would place. Um, it was interesting. I didn't do that well, but it's okay. Um, it's better to just try things out and know and have critiques yes. from the work that you've prepared than not have any at all. So now I feel like that I've done enough pageants, I'm prepped to whatever competition it is that I want to do now. So I don't feel hesitant. I know exactly what to prepare. I know my budget. I know what I need to do. So um, because of that pageant system, it's kind of prepped me up for this other system, if that makes any sense. Definitely and do. all throughout the time, I've just been working consistently with different like organizations in the community. I've done a lot of work with Finn's Place, Love Finn's Place. I've done stuff with like the Help Center. Um, I've done events with, um, I'm trying to, LGBTQ Saves, love them. Um, I've done stuff where we raise money. Oh, one of my favorite memories was doing a fundraiser uh, for the for the kids at Uvalde. So it was all organized by um, by Salem Moon, and we did a show at Tulips, and it was just a fully packed sold out house. There was like riots and people trying to like cancel drag, and like the SB twelve thing was just so annoying. Um, it feels like like as drag has grown with me, like there has been like adversity there's been like conflict and it gives me even more motivation to do it because it's like if people don't want me to do something that's clearly infringing on my right and I'm always gonna fight for my rights period um well so, your, your bravery mm -hmm. your bravery has come across from the very beginning of your story where you go no this is you know this is the thing that makes me who I am and somebody else writing my story changing that is an edit that is absolutely unacceptable. So I think that that's, and that's a that's a great example. That's why I love working with you. That's why I love trying, you know, to do whatever I can to get your shows going because I think that you just have that kind of um not to you know call COVID back to the stage but huh. like, un unnecessarily, but like you have this like infectious quality. You know, I'm not trying to invoke COVID with that, but like yeah, you know, no, <laughs> I want people, but I want our community to be in infected by that bravery, and and I think that it's not it's not just people who are queer. I think that our generation in general has been, you know, and even people younger, we feel stifled a little bit by so much adversity and so many messages of it's hopeless. And so I just love yeah. that you are saying to the world, like, it may be fucking hard, but it's not hopeless. And I'm not going yeah. to stop. Definitely. And I think like drag is being resilient. Drag is a protest and drag is a party. So that's what just got me into everything. And I'm grateful to work as much as I do. Now I've kind of like dissipated from my let's do 11 shows a week era. And now I only do the shows with the community and the people that I want to be a part of. So right now I'm on cast. Yeah, I'm just picking and choosing my roles now. Yeah. And then I'm back to singing opera. So I do opera full time. And I work for the Dallas Opera right now, which is crazy. I work for their outreach. So, so I work with them. I've done some stuff with Opera Arlington here as well. And then have won a couple of national titles for singing this past year. Um, so I've just, it's crazy because my music career has taken off as an opera singer. And then my drag career is kind of like stabilized and become a place that, in a place that I'm very proud of 
Like I'm always just going to give you polish. I'm going to give you professionalism and I'm going to give you a show. So that's what I like represent. That's what I like to bring. bring. Um, I don't really live for like headiness or battling or like, I'm not, I'm not that shady drag queen to be like, well, girl, you look, you look nasty. No, I'm not that girl. But most of the time, because I paint with like, arresting bitch face some girls think that i'm mean but i'm not mean uh, i just paint that way so so yeah i'm all about the kiki and i'm the not bad i'm just that. drawn that way definitely just like a rabbit yeah that's me Mm -hmm. I love I love how you evoke um the the Jessica Rabbit types you know I that was one thing I loved about watching your drag is you are great at creating silhouettes and also you're not afraid of a gown you're not afraid of just because you know you're very young and vibrant you're not afraid of that like classic classic glamour that really is timeless and so that's another reason why I think people should go see your shows I think that that's another yeah. reason successful is because you're you're for every age group mary like i can't ah! see everybody would love to watch a deja show for sure oh thank you i just i don't know it just makes me feel good as of recently i've just been feeling so much just like pride and joy in what i do and i've always like told myself i said i want to be on cast at a show something consistent that i can be a part of so if anyone in fort worth wants to go out to a show i am on cast with bingo I host a bingo show on Saturdays at 3 p.m. at the Red Goose Saloon. That's every Saturday in Fort Worth. Get your tickets on sickeningevents.com. Uh, and make sure that you're following at uh, House of Room Productions. I was like, okay, I remember it on Instagram and Facebook. Uh, I'm also a part of a live cabaret uh, drag show. So we do live singing with live singing drag queens every Saturday night at 7.30 p.m. at the Regular Saloon. So it's very, very sickening, also on sickening events. And if you like brunch, we also have brunch Sunday at noon at Regular Saloon. And that's hosted by Sailor Moon. And Sailor Moon also hosts a live cabaret. And I guest host some live cabaret shows on Saturday as well. So I've just been loving this, this company and the community that that she has provided. And it is a very, very entertaining drag show with sickening, sickening performers all across DFW. And I'm so proud to call all of them my sisters. So please feel free to check them out and like support us and like follow all the girls because without the dolls like us, what entertainment do you have? <laughs> yeah, it'd be an empty fucking store. That's a boring shelf without without these dolls. Let me tell you that. No, thank you so yeah, much yeah. for coming on today. And we already mentioned earlier, I'm gonna have Deja back on and we'll we'll keep yeah. and I mean we barely scratched the surface. I want to have more of your girls on and uh I'll come to I'll start coming to the, some of these events, taking some photos, doing some yes. Doing some Q to Q on on locations, not scouting, um, preserving, mm -hmm. you know, because I think that's another thing that really is um, what I've been learning from Chanel Perillo, who has a podcast, uh, Shut Up Chanel. She's been bringing up these really cool, like historical moments of her with early Drag Race season queens that are wow. are crazy to see pictures and videos and this podcast has been a her podcast has been an excuse for her to kind of bring those up so to be a part of that for you because like i could see in the future deja being like well shit i'm really glad we had call and take all those fucking pictures like because ah. now, now we got them all like 
Period. Yeah. So anyway, thank you so much for coming on today. And um, just make sure you look in the description, listeners out there, for all of the yes. socials and events coming up. Is there any specific event date, time-wise? I know you mentioned some early, but like... Yeah. So I mean, specifically... Well, specifically this weekend, I am hosting Bingo and Cabaret. So on the 16th, if you're in Fort Worth and looking to go out and do something this Saturday, 3 p.m. and 7.30 p.m., two different shows, pick your ticket. And then, um, let me see. I don't <laughs> think I have any. I don't think I have anything else coming up. Well, let me see. Yet. But oh, yeah. Just, yeah. Yeah, just I guess just make sure that you're following me on my socials. You can follow me at me on Facebook or Instagram at Deja Dubois, D-U-B-O-I-S, because some people misspell it and they call it dubious. And I'm like, no, I ain't a doobie, baby. All right. I like the I'm irony, though, about. because you're the least dubious queen that I know. So, ah, you know, I never passed my SAT. All I got was ketchup on it. So I don't even know what that word means. So thank you. <laughs> you, you, you and Adore Delano. Um, so like two-faced, mean-spirited, uh, manipulative. None of those things Ooh. I see for you. Oh, okay, okay. You're no, saying I'm not very sweet. Like I know, like if anybody listening, I can tell you, like Deja is such a super sweet, super fierce queen. It is possible to be both, and I just love that you bring yeah. people together. Not not everybody in the queer community and not everybody in the drag community does that. And if we all did, I think we'd be able to fight a little easier. So thank you for always bringing bringing the people. Yeah. Together. Thank Remember, you. make every day a sleigh heart. That and I, I couldn't imagine a better, a uh, better note to end on. So, um, thank you again, Deja, and everybody. Please continue to follow Queer to Queer new season. Hopefully, um, the, you know, if if anybody could get me into a more regular recording schedule, it's Deja. Um, every yeah. time, I, every time I work with her, I get more excited to do more Q to Q things. Yeah. Um, so stay tuned and always keep it queer and stay here.